People who enjoy both the foreign desk explainer and Latin American populists, arguably a niche crowd, but still are having quite the golden summer. The previous two foreign desk explainers have considered incumbent or incipient demagogues in El Salvador and Argentina, and almost as if to fulfil the journalistic maxim that two is a coincidence, three is a trend, this past weekend Guatemala startled conventional wisdom and confounded the confident predictions of pollsters by awarding its presidency in the second round runoff to another self-styled swashbuckling crusader vowing to clean house, drain swamp, evict money lenders from temple, and so forth. We will come presently to Guatemala's president-elect, Bernardo Arevalo, who, to be honest, gives no appearance of being the tin-pot messiah epitomised by the likes of previous Foreign Desk Explainer stars President Nayib Bukele of El Salvador and presidential front-runner Javier Millet of Argentina. But Arevalo does seem to have benefited, as Bukele and Millet have, from an angry nihilism at large in the electorate. Of the five and a half million Guatemalans who voted in the first round of this election, roughly a quarter either spoiled their ballot or didn't deign to fill it in. So it is first worth considering why the people of Guatemala may have arrived at believing that pretty much anything other than the usual is worth a crack. And it is very much not the mix of ennui, ignorance and self-pity that routinely besets the democracy of more fortunate nations. It is with great humility that today we accept this victory that the people of Guatemala have given us. They expressed themselves at the ballot box and officially through the Supreme Electoral Court, which, with 93.62% of the votes counted, has certified the results and that this is the people shouting, enough of so much corruption. We thank each single citizen who today made an effort to leave their home and cast their vote, regardless of which option they chose. To participate in the elections is an act of defense of democracy. And in this historic moment, it was also an act of bravery by every single person who cast their vote. Guatemala is 17 million people straddling Central America in between Mexico, Belize, Honduras and El Salvador. It is poor and violent, if perhaps not quite as poor and violent as some of its neighbours. It appeared, at least prior to Arevalo's startling triumph, to be joining a few of those neighbours in a collective backslide into authoritarianism, locking up journalists, haranguing judges into exile, and at one point attempting to elbow Arevalo out of the election, which instead boosted his appeal immensely. We are using all the legal legal tools of what is left of our democracy in Guatemala. There is a lot of stake. The decision communicated by prosecutor Curuchiche is outside of his functions. Neither the public ministry nor a court can suspend a party's legal status, even less in the middle of an electoral process. Guatemala is also, as both cause and effect of its poverty and violence, chronically corrupt. Transparency International's Corruption Perceptions Index places Guatemala firmly in the basement, alongside such proverbial basket cases as Afghanistan, Lebanon and the Central African Republic. A court found former Guatemalan President Otto Perez guilty of leading a massive customs fraud scheme while in office. 
The scheme allowed businesses to evade import duties in exchange for bribes. More than a dozen others, including Pattis' vice president, were convicted in this camp. And though it is very far from the worst of Guatemala's problems, it is also one of, frankly, far too many countries in the Latin American region which have basically given their capital cities the same name as the country. Guatemala City, Mexico City, Panama City, San Salvador, Brasilia. No. Even the Central African Republic, the world's least imaginatively named country, managed to come up with something better than that. President-elect Arevalo faces, in fairness, more pressing priorities, not least keeping his transition on track during what will seem an interminable wait for Inauguration Day. He is not due to be sworn in until January 14th, and five months is a long time indeed in Central American politics. So far, at least, the incumbent, the dreary conservative, President Alejandro Giammetti, who was prevented from standing by term limits, is making all the right and proper noises, congratulating Arvalo and promising an absence of shenanigans. It at least gives everyone, Arevalo included, a decent stretch to ponder the kind of president he may be. We are very excited. We have hope. There is light at the end. If one only skims over the bold type on Bernardo Arevalo's resume, his credentials as an unbesmirched anti-establishment outsider appear hotly disputable. Now 64 years old, the former Korea diplomat has been Guatemala's Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs and Ambassador to Spain. And his father, Juan José Arevalo, was himself President of Guatemala. Aravalo's opponent in the second round runoff was not able to bait him with this too enthusiastically, however. Sandra Torres was herself, between 2008 and 2011, Guatemala's first lady, as the wife of President Alvaro Colom. However, Bernardo Aravalo is excused comparisons with most entitled, if unworthy, political offspring. His dad left high office several years before Bernardo Aravalo was born, and slash but was, on balance, not a bad example to be bequeathed. Juan José Aravalo was elected in 1944 after he'd helped lead a revolution which tipped out an iron-fisted dictator with a chest full of self-awarded medals. He spent the six years of his presidency seeking to bring to bear a philosophy which became known as Aravalismo, a somewhat misty-eyed vision of social democracy, which at the very least was a vast improvement on the kleptocratic fascism which preceded it. He handed power voluntarily over in 1951 to his ally, Jacobo Arbenz, who got coup d'etat in 1954 as part of the United States' then-prevalent policy of deposing any vaguely left-of-centre elected Latin American leaders in favour of a motley assortment of thugs, crooks, bunglers and tyrants more willing to act in the interests of US banana corporations. A doctrine which did much to create the misery in which the region has floundered since and which President-elect Aravalo will have to confront. Yesterday we demonstrated to you that in Guatemala, the Guatemalans want hope, want a different future, want a different future. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.